0: WHQR Public Media, this is the Newsroom. I'm News Director Ben Shockman. Thank you for joining us. Throughout the month of October, we'll be hearing from the eight candidates for Wilmington City Council and two candidates in the mayoral election, longtime incumbent Bill Sappho and his challenger, former state senator and former Wilmington mayor, Harper Peterson. Later on today's show, my colleague, WHQR reporter Kelly Kinoyer, interviews current city councilman Clifford Barnett, who's looking for a second term. And I'll speak with newcomer Jonathan Uskadiki. But first, Kelly joins me to help unpack the questions we'll be asking the candidates. Kelly, thanks for joining us.
1: Thanks for having me. And welcome to election season.
0: Yes, I love election season. Uh, Okay, so first, there are a lot of different approaches to candidate interviews. And after talking about this, we decided to lean heavily into policy driven questions. So I think that we're probably on the same page. But what makes this kind of question worthwhile for you?
1: Yeah, I think it's a really good way of letting listeners decide for themselves. You know, we get into the policies. We're not doing gotcha journalism. We're giving the candidate the opportunity to show their knowledge about a variety of different topics and really show their opinions and their philosophy on a variety of topics. It's a really good way of letting the listener decide for themselves whether they agree with the candidate or not on a given issue.
0: Okay, so let's get into those questions. Um, I know affordable housing was an important one for you.
1: Oh, yes. I mean, affordable housing is the biggest topic that's hitting this region right now. We have an extremely expensive cost of living for this region. New Hanover County is a uh It's built in on all sides by water. So we have a limited amount of developable land space, and we've recently had a new land use development code. So there's a lot going on as far as development goes, and we also have this affordable housing bond that's under consideration. So public policy on affordable housing is a huge important issue, and I think a lot of voters are paying close attention because a lot of people in a recent survey have said that that's an issue they care about. So we asked all of the candidates about that one. Ben, how about transportation? We got into this one, and I'll let you take it, even though I really love buses, too.
0: <laughs> I, I know you do. Uh, yeah, this is one I've been covering for a long time, uh, specifically about WAVE, its financial struggles, its sort of philosophical struggles. Uh, and it's there's been some asymmetry between the city and the county. I think that's as nicely as we can put it. and. Wilmington has been, no pun intended, but driving the bus on this issue more than the county, I'm really sorry, but they've been driving the bus on this issue um, more so than the county. That started to change recently, but Wilmington is an important part of deciding how this will play out. Uh, It's one of, in my personal opinion, and in the opinion of a lot of the people we've talked to, one of the most important things that, you know, a city councilman can help steer. So that's why that gets to be a question.
1: There's also the quarter cent sales tax, which is under consideration. So the quarter cent sales tax would fund WAVE as well as a bunch of other transportation projects. So we've asked a lot of the candidates about that. Uh, You cared a lot about talking about public safety. That's something you've covered a lot. Do you want to talk about uh, how we framed that question?
0: Yet we tried to leave this as open ended as possible because we know that there's just no consensus on it. We've heard a range of concerns from, you know, defunding the police to changing the funding priorities for the Wilmington Police Department to adding additional funding to police department, adding more officers, adding more equipment, whatever that happens to be. So we didn't want to lead with the question. Uh, we just wanted to say, you know, how, wh- how do you feel about it? And we wanted to know how people felt about the tenure of uh, of Chief Donnie Williams. So that's kind of how we we shape that.
1: I do think that one of the good ways or one of the better reasons to frame it that open endedly is you get to see what the candidate takes away from that question. So certain candidates will see it one way and certain candidates will see it another way. They'll talk about supporting the police or they'll talk about reforming the police depending on the way that they want to structure it. So you get to really see their philosophy more broadly speaking based on the direction they take a question like that.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. And hopefully that's uh, for listeners. That's what that question brought out. Um, Kelly, I know we've talked a lot about transportation, affordable housing, but sort of another piece of that puzzle is development. Mm -hmm. What made you want to ask about that?
1: Oh, well, it's such a hot topic. I mean, there's so many people who are involved with development or real estate who run for government here. So it's always interesting to see how different people are willing to interact with that. The question as we framed it is related to how the city should have influence or constraints over development. Like, how much should the city be deciding what gets built where? So you kind of get into this libertarian versus more uh, regulatory look at things when you ask that question. And we also asked people about the public-private partnerships that we have in town, some of which have been very expensive for the city, which I know you've done a lot of reporting on.
0: Yeah. And again, we, you know, we didn't want to say one way or the other. We just said, here are some local public private projects. What are your thoughts on them? And importantly, there's one coming up, the proposed gateway project that the city wants to do on the north side of Wilmington, right where MLK becomes north third. And again, no bias. We just wanted to say, hey, this is a big deal. What do you think about it? Because you might be one of the people casting the votes for that.
1: Yeah. And we'll see uh, how carefully they look at those contracts, which is something we've been doing reporting on quite a bit.
0: Absolutely. Okay, so then there's the the other development. And again, we really tried to be um, straight laced about this. We just wanted to know, what are your thoughts on economic development? Because we know there's no agreement uh, or not broad agreement on how exactly to do this. Um, And so we are really curious to hear what candidates have to say about it.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of funding right now coming in from the American Rescue Plan Act, and a lot of that is going towards small businesses, towards loans and grants. So seeing what the candidates think about how that money should be spent or how any economic development money should be spent is always an interesting question. Uh, this one was from me. We we talk about stormwater, uh, and it's a concern for everybody in the city because of the major storms that we have here. And I kind of like putting a question that's a little bit of a curveball into these questionnaires because stormwater is an issue that cities and counties have to deal with, and it's a major issue that nobody thinks is politically important. Like it's not something that anybody thinks about ahead of time, <laughs> and then they're having to deal with it when they're actually elected. So that's why I got into that.
0: I'm glad you added this. This really is kind of a metaphor for. the disconnect between what some people think they will be doing in elected office and what they actually have to do. We've seen people, and they're important issues, don't get me wrong, but people talking about everything from the First Amendment, the Second Amendment, abortion rights, uh, big polarizing and deeply sort of entrenched ideas that you don't actually really get to vote on uh, as a city councilor. And then what you end up dealing with is why is New Center Drive completely underwater after a 15 minute thunderstorm? So, giving candidates the chance to show that they know how to deal with these, not so sexy, but really and really frustrating, but important issues that cities have to deal with. Uh, I thought it was important. So I didn't think of that. I'm glad you added it.
1: And it also ties in with development, because one of the ways that developers are uh, getting benefits from the city is when the city pays for their stormwater infrastructure instead of making those fees come from those developers. So if candidates are really wily and they know about those things, they can pull that in if they'd like to. Or maybe they don't know a lot about stormwater and we'll see how they do once they're there.
0: (laughs) Yeah, totally fair. Uh, And I, I think that also sort of led us into asking more broadly about you know how can the city handle environmental concerns and yes that includes climate change that's that's not that's not negotiable that's yeah. the thing you have to deal with
1: and pollution runoff there's all kinds of different things and we left this one also very open ended is there what do you think the role should be that city council has in addressing climate change or pollution or other environmental concerns and that again allows them to choose what they think is important
0: absolutely uh okay so this brings us to what might have been the most contentious question we talked about but it was hard to avoid especially given the fact that the city of wilmington has i guess had to step into the fray lately and this is issues of social justice diversity equity inclusivity and you know other sort of broad social issues like that we've seen protests downtown there was the confederate monuments there was the recent uh, somewhat contentious non-discrimination ordinance so again we kind of agreed let's leave this as open as possible do you think and we gave candidates all the room in the world to say we think the city should have nothing to do with this or we think the city is not doing nearly enough and we also asked them you know is there anything specifically you'd like to see the city gravitate towards or or deal with because certainly uh, there's no shortage of problems in the world so there you go.
1: Yeah. We kind of give them a laundry list of terms and allow them to grab onto something that they're interested in. So social social justice and diversity, equity and inclusivity. What do you think the city should be doing when it comes to these issues? And that allows people to jump off on whatever points they think is the most important, which gives you a really good perspective as a voter on who you may agree with the most.
0: All right. So and of course, we closed uh, every interview with asking them, you know, variations on closing thoughts, your vision for the city, just giving them a chance, because this is really, you know, kind of fine tuned granular questions. So we wanted to give candidates a chance to give you their stump speech or give you their big vision for the city, because that's that's part of the campaign.
1: Yeah. So this is what the candidates have to say to you, the voters, and we hope that it's helpful. We hope that you get to learn more about the candidates who you're going to be choosing in this next election. They have all of the time in the world to tell you. Well, about 20 minutes each. And enjoy. Enjoy.
0: All right. Well, Kelly, as always, glad to have you with us. And we will hear more from you after the break with your interview with incumbent councilman Clifford Barnett, followed in the last part of this show with my interview with challenger Jonathan Uzcadigy. You're listening to a special elections edition of the newsroom from WHQR Public Media. I'm news director Ben Shockman. Stay with us. Welcome back to the newsroom. I'm news director Ben Shockman, and later in the show, I'll be interviewing challenger Jonathan Uzcadigy. But right now, my colleague Kelly Kinoyer interviews incumbent Clifford Barnett, who is looking for a second term.
1: I'm reporter Kelly Canoyer here with City Council candidate and incumbent Clifford Barnett. Just to get started, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. Where, yeah, where do you live? What okay. do you do for a living?
2: I am. I'm Clifford Barnett. I uh, live actually in um, Holly Downs here in Wilmington. I came to Wilmington 12 years ago to a pastor of the church called Warner Temple, a Byzantine church. It's located on 6th and Nixon, right up the street from DC Burgo. Um, I'm a dad, I've been pastoring for 41 years, been married for 31 and a half years, have three fantastic kids, my oldest will be 30 tomorrow, happy birthday Cliff, and um, he's a fitness guy and he does work in Richmond, he moved to Richmond, he did 390 burpees in 40 minutes wearing a mask. My second son is um, a graphics designer, he works for ESPN. And then my third child, our third child is our daughter, Ms. Helen, named after my mother-in-law. And she graduated from High Point with a studio arts degree and a minor in Spanish. She's actually looking for a job. I love being in Wilmington, been here 12 years, and just excited about the opportunities that God has placed for me here.
1: Very cool. And can you tell me a little Mm. bit about your prior political experience?
2: Uh, There's none. I ran for city council four years ago. And was blessed to be elected and have enjoyed serving.
1: Very cool. Uh, So I want to get into the issues. Let's start with affordable housing, the hot topic of the Mm -hmm. Cape Fear region. Uh, What do you think should be done to address the affordable housing crisis? Well,
2: we have done some things. First of all, with affordable housing, we have put $5.2 million in housing, in affordable housing. So it's a priority to the city council. And what we're doing is we've also helped to... um, rewrite the land development code and in doing that that gives opportunities for uh, builders to build but also um help them with increasing their um des- density and therefore they're able to provide um housing for folks that are affordable we're working really hard on that that's one of the priorities on our list
1: very cool mm-hmm. uh yeah i've been following that topic pretty closely mm-hmm. the uh the redesign of the zoning so sure. uh what do you see as the future for public transportation in Wilmington? And do you support the proposed quarter-cent sales tax to support WAVE?
2: I do. I do support that. And I look forward to WAVE being um, more regional, being able to provide more services, more, tra- more trips, more trips is what we really need. And we're perhaps even looking at the opportunity of providing a place where people can park and ride, similar to what they do in D.C., but we have to build up the ridership. We're part of a um, subcommittee with, that met with the county and the city so that we could, in turn um, provide some resources for WAVE but really evaluate the routes and the, the things that are making it um, not as successful as we need it to be. I, I think that WAVE needs to continue to be um, reasonable as well as making sure that they meet the needs of the folks here in the city.
1: Are there specific areas that you think need more busing, or are there areas where you think there don't need to be routes?
2: I'm not really sure. I think that we'll learn that from the report that we get from the person that we've just hired as the new director of WAVE. She's going to come back and give us that information as it relates to routes.
1: Absolutely. Uh, Let's get into public safety. So police accountability is a major issue these days, as is gun violence. Sure, sure. What, if anything, would you change about the Wilmington Police Department?
2: Well, the thing that I, I would not change is, um, first of all, I, I recognize that police officers, are, all police officers are not racist. That's a fact. You know, that, and there are good police officers, and unfortunately there are some bad police officers. One of the things that I am proud of about our police department is, number one, I'm proud of the work that Donnie is doing as our chief, but I'm also proud of how they responded to, for example, The Black Lives Matters movement, how they responded to the hurricane, how they responded to the pandemic. I'm just really proud of what they're doing. Um, What I would want to do is I'm not interested in defunding the police. I'm interested in funding the community. I'm interested in putting in resources in the community that will help us build better families, help us increase the uh, relationships that we have with each other. Now also with policing, one of the things that I'm excited about is I'm excited about, um, as I said, not defunding the police, but funding um, the community. And I wanna say to the police, I thank you guys for what you're doing. You know, Most of them are really great guys and I pray that they always go home safe to their families. And many of them have done this because it's their calling. It's you know, what they, what they've been called to do and they love doing that. So I want to support them. I want to give them everything that they need in order that they might do the job that they're called to do, which is protect us and serve. Now, connecting with the police, there are great things that they do, like, for example, the PALS program. It's where they actually have athletic events in the community. I I did a partnership with them called Midnight Basketball on Friday nights at MLK Center. We play basketball during the summer every Friday night from 8 o'clock to 12 midnight, and it's amazing the relationships that they build with the kids in the community as well as those families. So I'm excited about what's happening here. Now, I am concerned about the crime. I'm concerned about the violence, um, and I will not, um, not under-emphasize under that. I want people to understand that we want safe schools, we want safe streets, we need to get the um, guns out of the hands of the wrong people, so I'm excited about doing stuff like that.
1: Uh, So to clarify, for the funding for the police, would you Mm -hmm. say keep it the same, increase, decrease funding?
2: I would go toward increasing because I want to give them what they need to protect us. I want to give them what they need to do what they want to do. But then again, as I said, not just increasing them, but also increasing what we need to do in our communities. Like, for example, the RISE initiative, where we can... Offer money to programs like the Boys and Girls Club, Voyager, um, Habitat for Humanities that will help to strengthen what we have in our community.
1: And you mentioned you're happy with Chief Williams' leadership.
2: I really am. I think that one of the great things that we've done as a city council is we've um, trained our our mentor, mentee. Okay, for example, um, Chief Evangelist literally handpicked Donnie Williams. The fire chief who's leaving now has sort of handpicked the person who will take his place. Okay, um, Sterling Cheatham handpicked Tony. Okay? And so what we're doing is succession you know, building, and, which works really well, because that means the people that come into the program know the program. They've built some, cred- some credibility, and so we're excited about that. Yes.
1: What do you think about the idea of bringing in fresh blood, though?
2: Well, here's the challenge. We do want to bring in fresh blood, but perhaps—I don't know if we want to bring in fresh blood at the, at the top. I mean, we want to bring in fresh blood to build the base, and then they, they work their way up. You know? okay. So, I mean, there's, there's pros and cons both ways, but I just love the succession planning that the city has been doing in the last um, few years.
1: Perfect. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Newsroom on WHQR. I'm reporter Kelly Knoyer interviewing city council candidate and incumbent Clifford Barnett. Okay, moving on. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about development. How much influence or constraint do you think the city should have over development?
2: Well, I think that we need to, and that's why we we've, we've re-examined the land development code. We need to have a strong voice in development, because we need to make sure that what's being built is compatible with what's in the community. We want to make sure that they stick with the rules, because if you don't, then folks can put anything anywhere. I think that the city has a very, very strong responsibility to deciding what can be built and how much can be built in certain places. That's why we looked at the Land Development Code again. We haven't evaluated that, I think, in like 40 years. And what was happening 40 years ago is different than what's happening right now in our city. Mm. And the other thing with the Land Development Code is, is that it is a living document. Meaning, one of the things that we're glad to do in our city is that we've actually put it on the website. And we've asked citizens, look, if you look at this Land Development Code and you see something that's not right, let us know. Because we definitely want to tweak it. We want to tweak it so that everybody gets the best um, deal out of the bottom.
1: How about public-private partnerships like River Place or the Live Nation venue?
2: I love partnerships. I am am very excited about partnerships because what I've learned in life is that you really can't do anything by yourself. You really need the help from others. And it's great to have public and private partnerships, people that have resources, able to give the resources. Um, I'm excited about the partnerships. I think it's a great win-win for everybody.
1: What's your view on mm-hmm. the coming Gateway Project?
2: The Gateway Project. I think it's exciting. I, I'm excited about it, and I look forward again to the partnership. Cool. It up.
1: Uh, let's talk about the other kind of development, economic mm-hmm. development. What are your thoughts?
2: Well, we, we, we met with the chamber yesterday, and one of the things that came up was we talked about how we need to make sure that we strengthen small businesses because communities thrive on small businesses, so we've got to make sure that the resources are there. One of the things that we've done, for example, which is very great with the with the city, is our budget has been a um, um, fiscal budget, you know, meaning that it was feebly responsible. Responsive. We had in our budget, in our um, reserve account, we had enough money to put up so that when Hurricane Florence came or Dorian or even this pandemic that we could we, people didn't have to be without work. We didn't have to borrow money in order to get the money from the federal government that was going to come to us later on. So um, I think that we are very strong on supporting small businesses as well as large businesses, and I think that that's going to help our economy. And when people get jobs and people can work and people can bring home a check to, or a paycheck to their family, families are strengthened. You know, and families get a chance to live in homes that they um, desire to live in. So I'm excited about that. And I think it's very important that we do that. Uh, Partnering with organizations like Genesis Block, who is an entrepreneur, who teaches entrepreneurs how to develop their business. I think that's very critical.
1: Do you have any comment on the impact COVID had on economic development in the city?
2: Absolutely. I think that, of course, we all know that COVID hurt everybody. You know there were there were people who were unemployed without work. Now again, like I said, the city we didn't we didn't falter. We continued to employ our employees and pay them, but there are many people who are still struggling. Some who are struggling with rent. Some who are struggling with housing. So I think that we're going to definitely continue to keep working with those persons who have been affected by COVID because I really believe it's not over yet. And I, at this moment, I want to encourage people, may I, to wear your mask. I want to encourage you, if you've not been vaccinated, please get vaccinated. One of the things that we've had the privilege of doing in the church that I pastor, we've had the opportunity to vaccinate 4,000 people, over 4,000. And so we're just excited about that. But we encourage people to practice the safety things because we want to keep our kids safe, our relatives safe, and the folks that we know and love. We want everybody to be safe.
1: Switching gears completely here. I want to ask about stormwater. You know, we have— such severe hurricanes that hit the, the coast here. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on how to handle the problem of stormwater when it comes up?
2: Well, first of all, we've got to make sure that we have the resources to um, build. And in order to handle stormwater, we've got to continue to study and prepare in advance. One of, the, one of the challenges that we have here in Wilmington, and that's why in our budget we made sure that we had some rainy day funds, is because where we live, We're in, I hate to say it, almost like a hurricane alley. You know, at any moment now, we could have problems with stormwater, with floods. And so, therefore, it's important that we put money aside for infrastructure that's going to help with the stormwater. And that was one of our priorities in the budget that we did. This um, budget was passed just recently.
1: So, jumping off of stormwater, thinking about climate change, what role should the city council play in addressing environmental concerns like climate change or like pollution?
2: We definitely a very strong role. Um, we all live in this. We, we have one earth. We've got to take care of it. Um, part of what we're doing is um, talking about how to develop plastic. I mean, I develop plastic, but what to do with plastic. Um, it, it's We've got to be more conscious of what's happening in our environment because we, in turn, want to take care of it. We've got to do that.
1: Yeah. Uh, so here's a very simple question. Uh, thank you.
2: Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Let me just pause for a moment and say oh. thank you for a simple question.
1: <laughs> <laughs> just wait till you hear what it is. Okay. Social justice and diversity, equity, and inclusivity. Should the city do more or less on these issues? And are there specific issues like to see the city focus on?
2: Okay, absolutely more. Absolutely more. One of the goals with... The RISE initiative is that we look at everything that comes before our city in an equity lens. What that means is that we're not looking at everybody getting the same thing because everybody doesn't need the same thing because we all don't start from the same spot. But equity is where it's fair. What we really want to do through our city is whatever projects, whatever things we do, we want to be fair. And I think that that's the call of what's going on in our country and in our nation is people are saying, "Look, we just—I just need to—I need to be fair treated. If—if if we're looking over a fence and the fence, let's say, is six feet high, I'm only two feet, you're four feet, and this guy over here is six ten. If equality says give everybody a box, well, giving everybody a box is not really equal. It's—it's it's, it's the same thing. However, you would give the guy who's four feet a A two-foot box, so he can be sealed with a fence. You give the guy that's one foot, you know, a five-foot box, so he can see over the fence. But the guy that's 6'2", he doesn't need a box, okay? So everything we want to do in the city, we want to look at it from an equity lens. last illustration I'll give you is Oprah Winfrey always says, you get a car, and you get a car, and you get a car. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if I've got five cars in the garage, I don't need a car. So what we want to do is work on giving the people that need the car the car, but we want to do it fairly. So that's all we want to do.
1: Are there any specific examples you'd like to highlight?
2: Well, a specific example for me is um, the project that they're doing with um, homeless, the homeless, homeless population. There's one project where they're actually building small homes and they're putting people in the homes, but that's not the end of it, okay? Equity means that once I put them in the home, I've got to provide some services. We call them wraparound services. So you got churches and you've got organizations and businesses partnering that says, okay, we'll support this person in home AB5. We're going to support them for a whole year. That's a great project. Um, projects like Voyager. We did an event this summer at um, the Harrelson Center where they were training kids on how to um, become scientists and learn about science and learn about environment and, and saving stuff and going to the moon and stuff. And so one little girl, they talked about it, and this little girl says, I want to be an astronaut. I want and she talked, and she was so convincing. And I said, wow, she's going to become an astronaut. And I asked her the question. I said, um, have you ever met an astronaut? And she said, no. And I said, I promise to you, before this time next summer, you will meet an astronaut. And so that's one of the goals that I have, and we're gonna do it through the parks and recreation. That we're gonna bring an astronaut in so that that little girl can see what she wants to be. Because one of the things that I really believe is that people really can become what they see. If they don't see it, they, they can't really become it. But if they can touch it, if she can touch an astronaut, if she can look in the face of an astronaut, that's gonna give her the boost to do it. That's equality,
1: equity. Here, yeah, very cool. Thank Here's you. an actually simple question. Oh, my what are God. your Actually, though, <laughs> what are your closing thoughts? Um, anything else you'd like to share with the community?
2: Well, what I'd like to share with the community is um, I've been serving for um, four years. I've enjoyed my work. Um, I want to continue to keep my job. Um, what I want to share with the city is that my goal is to be fair. Um, all of the decisions that I've made um, on the council may have favored you, may not have favored you, and you may have liked, you may not have disliked, but I promise you, I've tried my best to be fair. I would encourage the citizens here in Wilmington to support my candidacy. Um, I look forward to working another four years, and I'm just excited about the opportunities that await us. You know, I th- We have a great city. We're, we're in a great place. It's a great time. There are many challenges. Now, you don't know, watch this, since I was elected, we've had Florence, Dorian, we've had the COVID-19, we've got the Delta virus. I mean, I'm a lucky guy. Look at all the stuff that I've had to allow to endure. But the other thing I find is that we're a resilient city. So part of the a program that I'm involved in is the New Hanover County Task Force on Resiliency, where we're actually trying to teach the entire community how to look at life from a resilient perspective. How to look at life from instead of saying, you're a bad kid, you're a, but then you've got strength. And how can we make those strengths work for everybody? I'm excited about being a candidate for the Wilmington City Council. And I solicit your book. All
1: right. Thank you so much. You're I really welcome. appreciate your time.
2: Thank you.
0: That was my colleague, Kelly Knoyer, interviewing incumbent councilman Clifford Barnett, who is looking to win a second term on Wilmington City Council. Coming up after the break, an interview with challenger Jonathan Uzcadigui. I'm Ben Schachman. You're listening to The Newsroom. Please stay with us. Welcome back to special elections coverage on The Newsroom. I'm Ben Schachman, here with Jonathan Ouskadegi, a candidate for Wilmington City Council. Jonathan, thank you so much for being with us.
3: Thank you so much for the invitation. I really appreciate that.
0: All right, so before we get into some policy questions, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself.
3: Well, my name is Jonathan Ouskadegi. I am an American citizen by choice, Venezuelan by birth. I came a little over 20 years ago to Wilmington, North Carolina. I am in a small business owner of three business in here. And after being in this country for so long and I feel like this country is giving me so many opportunities, I felt like it was time to get back to the communities giving me so much. And what a best way to do this by serving in the public sector. So that's the reason that I'm running for Wilmington City Council, to get back to the community. It's been so great to me.
0: All right, so first question, um, affordable housing. It's been an issue in the Wilmington area for quite some time. What would you do about the affordable housing issue?
3: Well, I feel that with affordable housing, is something that we need to uh, maybe implement different things. The, I, I feel what we're doing right now, uh, in a way, is working in some places and not. I feel that I want to be more towards uh, helping in, in pushing projects like. I tell you some of the projects that I'm going to be uh, donating my salary, by the way, when I get elected, I will be donating my salary to uh, entities like uh, um, uh, vigiling Hope uh, First Fruit Ministry. I think these people are doing a great job to re- rehabilitate uh, and help people to get back on their feet. I feel that it's very important that we teach and encourage people to to be more Depend on themselves. It's like I tell you, I'm an immigrant that I came from Venezuela, and and be dependent on yourself is so great. It, it gives you so much sense that you accomplish things in life, and that's something that I'm really, really want to be able to 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 preach and be the pioneer in the city of Wilmington. How can we help people to be more dependent on themselves and not be dependent so much of the government? In the meantime, I want to be able to to put some resources on people that are elderly, uh, they have, you know, uh, disability problems. I want to be able, as long as every all these people qualify, I want to be able to help those people more In, in put people that are able to to, to be successful for themselves, to, to help them to be more dependent on themselves, like I did when I came to this country as an immigrant.
0: So something like the the proposed $50 million housing bond. Um, is that something you might be on board with or you feel like maybe that's too much?
3: Well, like I say, I want to I wa- I get into, it sounds like a very interesting question there, and I want to get to know more in deep exactly what we're going to be doing with this money. I think the, 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 the way I look at it, government tend to just throw money to things and not really get into the issues, and that's something that I would want to do when I get elected to city council.
0: Moving on, uh, a related issue, public transportation in Wilmington. Uh, generally accepted that WAVE is not really working the way it is right now or the way it has been for the last 10 years. Is there anything you would change about our public transportation system?
3: Well... Once again, there's another interesting question there. We need to look exactly on our budgets It's kind of hard. It's not, I don't feel there's a lot of transparency with our budget right now on public transportation. But we need to make sure that we, we make it more efficient so people actually are able to use this in a more functional way.
0: Totally different topic, public safety, by which I mean, of course, the Wilmington Police Department.
3: Man, I'll tell you one thing. I just, by the way, got endorsed by the PVA officially. I just got the letter, by the way, today. The PVA, Police Benovo Association, is endorsing my campaign, and I'm very excited because I'm a pro-law enforcement. I believe in order to live in very safe communities, we have to have a a, law, a great police department. I want to be able to, to have a, a police department, well, well-trained, professional police officers that you know, obey our constitution. And by doing that, we need to be able to have a, a, a well-funded police, have a better retention program to keep our police in in, in in our police department. I tell you one thing, our police officers, after two years uh, working in, in our police department, because they're not getting well paid, they start looking for a job somewhere else. I don't think that's a good investment for the city of Wilmington. When you hire this police officer, we pay them to get trained, but then we don't have a good retention program. So what is happening? These police officers are going somewhere out. They're taking all that knowledge to another police department. We need to stop that. How can we do that? By making sure we have a good retention program in place.
0: And in terms of Chief Donnie Williams, um, how have you felt about his
3: administration? Well, I would love the moment I get him into city council to have a better relationship with him and try to get a meeting and get to know the, the, the chief of police and see exactly how can we help him out directly with it, especially with myself. How can I help him out to, to give him all the tools that he needs to make sure that our, our city is safe. We need to be having a safe community to live on it. Nobody's going to want to come in and stay here. If we have a, crime rising up with drugs and gang members running on the street. We gotta make sure we we, we live in a very safe community. We have a great city here, beaches, a very beautiful, historic downtown that that I love. And we just gotta make sure that we we, we give him all the tools that he needs.
0: All right, let's talk about uh, development a little bit. First, how much control do you think the
3: city should have over what gets developed where? Well, I think, you know, I'm all about progress. Right? I feel that progress is inevitable. Sometimes progress is gonna happen, but we have to have it in a sensible way when we're doing uh, projects around here. I wanna make sure that the projects that are happening in the city of Wilmington benefit our citizens. That we're getting something in return back. Our citizen, our community, gets something in return. Not just the private sector getting everything and the, the citizens don't get anything back. We need to see exactly where we getting back in return for all the development we have. I'm like I say, I'm all about progress. I'm all about developers, but I got to make sure that our citizen getting the benefit out of that.
0: Along those lines, there's been a number of what we call public-private projects where the city has worked with private developers. Things like River Place and the Live Nation venue on the river uh, on the riverfront. Um, what are your thoughts
3: on projects like that? Once again, like <laughs> as long as we we allow the city. The, the community on the city, be involved and hear feedback. If that's what they want, I, I feel that we need to get more involved, our citizens in, in this community, see exactly what they want and give exactly what they want, not what we think is what they need. I, I think the citizens of this community are the voice, and they need to have a representation, and I want to make sure that I am that person.
0: So, on the day we are recording this, uh, it rained cats and dogs in the morning, and plenty of roads in Wilmington were flooded. This has been an issue for a long time. It doesn't take a hurricane uh, to flood Wilmington. So, stormwater flooding has been a major issue. Do you have any thoughts on how to tackle this problem?
3: Well, we, we got to start looking into our budget. Where, where are we spending our money on? I think that you go around, there's some projects that I see near where I live, Greenville Loop Road. Uh, some projects that are coming out with some gr- around the bowels. Uh, traffic light that i feel that we need to have a priority in in the issues like that in our roads and our sewers make sure they're clean i i think we need to stop wasting money and some things that that i feel that we need to uh, tackle the priorities and some of the things like you say storms not even here and it rain a little bit and then boom we have uh overflows at uh, streets we got to make sure to to, to address those things before start jumping into new projects and to spend the money that I feel is unnecessary right now. If you're just
0: joining us, you're listening to special elections coverage on WHQR's The Newsroom. I'm here with Jonathan Uzcategui, a candidate for the Wilmington City Council. Jonathan, I want to ask you, what do you think the city's role should be on issues like pollution, climate change, corporations discharging, uh potentially toxic material uh into the air and into the water
3: well i'm all about the environment you know i feel that we need to make sure that we preserve the the water the air that we live on the resources why because we, we have we have to preserve for the future generations right and i feel that star we uh, encouraging more personal responsibility we cannot just depend on the government to push all these ideologies. It had to also be part of our community. We had to start getting some personal responsibility. Make sure we don't have problems that we have done in the past where our waters got polluted here with chemicals. We got to make sure that, you know, there's a, a project right now the city's running where they're planting trees. We got to make sure that the projects like the estate and follow up, make sure they're doing also the right thing. But I feel that, that it also had to be doing with our community. We got to. We, personal responsibility too. we got to make sure that, that that's happened, that We keep our areas clean, preserve our green areas, our parks you know, are preserved, but it's going to have to take all of us to do that, not just allow the government to be doing that.
0: Gotcha. Um, this is an issue we've talked a lot about the last two years, and that is you know, concerns like social justice, uh, diversity, equity, inclusivity. Uh, recently, the city has taken a higher-profile role, uh, there's been a non-discrimination ordinance. There was the removal of the Confederate statues. Do you think the city is handling this the right way? Should they do more? Should they do less? And are there any issues you would like the city to focus on?
3: Well, I'll tell you, I'm going to be honest with you on that. The last time I heard was like equity and diversity, and that was saying in Venezuela by Hugo Chavez. So we got to be very careful when I when I hear words like that. We got. I want to know exactly what they mean with that equity. You know equal, equal outcome, equal opportunities. That's one thing that I always when I hear, I want people to be more clarified when I hear things like that. I feel the statues when they got removed, the way they did it to me, I felt was wrong. I felt that time you're going to do something, we live in a rule in a country that obey the rule of law. You have to do it the right way. We cannot do it when, you know, we have a a group of people, a guy angry, emotional, and then run into the city and the city bowed out and do things, you know, the way they did it. I feel that that's not the way to do things in this country. That's how we did things in Venezuela. So we need to make sure we respect and obey our rule of law when we're doing things. I'm fully supportive of any changes as long as we obey our rule of law.
0: Okay, um, so say you're elected uh, to a seat on Wilmington City Council, four years pass. What would you like to have accomplished in that time? What would you like to have seen done?
3: Oh, well, like I say, I, w- I would like to have uh, the small business is something also that I'm running. I wanna make sure the, the small business, we, we create you know, a, a good help for the small business in our community. I believe it's a backbone of our economy. We gotta make sure that our small business are always. This city is always making sure that more people want to open business here. There's a revenue for the city, more jobs creations in this town. So I want to make sure that our small business are not forgot. Downtown, I mean, I feel bad for downtown during the COVID, you know, uh, restrictions last year, where the big corporations were open and all the small business were closed. People need to understand if it's downtown closed, who's going to want to come here to go to where? Walmart? Mayfair? No, people come here for our bitches in our beautiful historic downtown area. So I want to make sure that, that we put things in place that when something like that happens, the small businesses do not get hurt. And also law and order, that we have a well, you know, a, a safe city to all, you know, our citizens be able to enjoy a very safe, you know, city.
0: So I I think you've already sort of answered this a little bit, but the last big major policy question is about economic development. Um, Over the last two weeks, we've seen six restaurants close, maybe seven or eight. Um, Mm -hmm. And at the same time, we saw the county and soon the city uh, voting for a financial incentive package for a software company. How do you think about economic development? Mm,
3: Well once again like, i'm all about progress but i tell you our small business is the backbone of our economy i'm all about on on, on bringing big tech into wilmington right but we got to be very careful how this is brought when you hear people companies like that oh we're bringing 200 jobs but more than half of those jobs are coming from people from the west coast they're relocated here That's not helping our citizens here. So I want to make sure that we really get deep into that. That, you know, okay, you're going to open a business here and you're going to create 200 jobs. But half of those jobs, you know, 50% of those jobs are going for people that come from the West Coast. That's not benefiting us here, the Wilmingtonians. So I'm going to be against that, things like that. We got to make sure that those jobs, if they are created, Wilmingtonians are the ones that get hired here. A small business create things to protect our small business. I am so disappointed and and sad that, like you're saying, restaurants close, business close in downtown. That should have never happen. Once again, if the Wilmington downtown Wilmington die, there our economy go, our tourist industry go. I mean, it's like gonna be like a domino effect. Nobody's gonna come here to go Landfall, or Mayfair. People come once again to see our historic downtown I want to make sure I'm going to be a strong advocate to go and protect all the small business in downtown Wilmington because if it with downtown Wilmington stay open more people are going to come here and they eventually they're going to start going and getting to know everything else in Wilmington but it starts there in downtown Wilmington I want to make sure that we put things in place to protect it so when something like that happens Last year, we don't close this business. You know, I know a lot of people are struggling now. We need as soon as I get in Wilmington City Council, I want to start getting together with more business in downtown. See what can we do to help them to revive their business back, to bring them those business back so they don't close.
0: All right. Um, Closing thoughts, anything else you want to add?
3: Well, just to remind everybody, there are elections are this November 2nd. Early voting is starting October 14th. Make sure to show up and vote. Make sure your boys, you, in order for you guys, I, I believe that, that our local elections don't have too much attention. People don't understand how much power our local government have. Anything that we do in the local government affects you right away. And I think it's part of the education that I also want to put in place to get the people of our county cities to get more involved in our local elections things that they happen there it's going to affect you right away it passed today next week you're going to be seeing exactly what happened so i want to make sure that people get up the vote this november 2nd and make sure vote for jonathan uskategi if you have a problem pronouncing the last name it sounds like who got the key thank you so much
0: jonathan uskategi candidate for wilmington city council Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. All right. Well, that's just about all the time we have for this special elections edition of the Newsroom. I want to thank the candidates on today's show, Clifford Barnett and Jonathan Uzcateki, Thanks also to my colleague Kelly Kinoyer and our technical team Ken Campbell and Jonathan Furnell. Throughout the rest of this month, we'll have a lot more interviews for a total of eight candidates from the Wilmington City Council and a head to head contest for the mayor's seat. You can catch these episodes every Friday in October at noon with rebroadcasts each following Sunday at 1 p.m. And as always, you can find the show on whqr.org and as a podcast pretty much everywhere you can find podcasts. If you have thoughts or comments about today's program or ideas for a future show, email us at newsroom at whqr.org. And just a reminder, absentee voting starts Sunday, October 3rd, and one-stop voting starts October 14th. I'm Ben Schachman. Thanks for listening. And I hope you'll join us for the next edition of The Newsroom.